Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, folks, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where a lot of breaking news is occurring today. We've got a very special guest that will be coming on. Congressman Jim Jordan, the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, will be joining us. We're going to be talking about Russia. We're going to be talking about all these autonomous zones uh, being uh, declared by protesters around the country and rioters around the country. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, an extraordinary uh, trend line in what is known as the EB-5 visa. This is a visa that was created to spur international development in our investment markets, but it seems to have been dominated by one country. If you want to guess, you'd be right if you said China. So we're going to talk to Congressman Jordan about all those things. He's raising the alarm bell on the EB-5 abuses of China, uh, as well as talking about John Durham and the Russia investigation. We also have a couple of scoops that we want to go over with. If you want to get a taste of what sort of ads you might see from Donald Trump's campaign this fall concerning the race record of his rival, Joe Biden, Daniel Payne, right from Just the News, has a great story today that takes a look at some of Joe Biden's more uncomfortable parts of his race and racial justice record. Some pretty remarkable moments that a lot of people don't know occurred. We're going to talk about that. And I'm going to have the very latest on Russia and one focal point of um, John Durham's investigation, which is looking at specifically the uh, intersection of the ICA, the uh, Intelligence Community Assessment, and uh, what the Steele dossier, some very important new information about what the Steele dossier could have told, should have told, should have informed the Intelligence Community Assessment about Russia. Remember, that's the one that said Russia was trying to help Trump win the election and Hillary couldn't lose the election. There's a lot of people who don't agree with that, among them the former top spy in Moscow for the CIA, Daniel Hoffman, who's come on this very show and said it, that that part of the assessment is wrong. Well, we're going to take a look at what the Steele dossier could have provided in terms of enlightenment to that conclusion, could have changed the entire course of uh, the intelligence assessment, and uh, we're going to talk about that as well. But first, got to pay the bills, so we're going to go to a commercial break. When we come back, we'll talk about those two great stories on Just the News and then a very special interview with Congressman Jim Jordan, who has a lot to say about China, about protests, about George Floyd, about policing reform, and of course, about the Russia collusion case. We'll be back in a few seconds. All 
right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. In a few minutes, we're going to be talking to Congressman Jim Jordan, the Republican from Ohio and the ranking Republican on the House Judiciary Committee. He played a key role in unraveling the Russia collusion delusion that we've all gotten to know so well. Uh, but first, I got some breaking news off of Just the News that I want to share with you. First off, today, President Trump has unveiled his police reform plan. Uh, this is in the aftermath of the George Floyd uh, tragedy. And he has some very important uh, aspects to the plan. Uh, really, it has uh, four components. The first is to track bad officers, troubled officers, cops who are either uh, violent or have a bad record of dealing with the community. Second, uh, to increase training and techniques to de-escalate conflicts between law enforcement officers and suspects when they first encounter each other. That's when most of these fatal shootings that we worry about occur. The third and most, or perhaps most interesting one is a novel idea to target the mental health care for suspects and their victims by pairing social workers, creating grants and other things so that social workers can join police officers at the scene responding to calls to try to give an assessment of the mental health of someone who's maybe on drugs or depressed. Uh, all of these are very important uh, elements to uh, try to help the um, police officers on the front line and the communities who feel that they don't have a good relationship or don't trust those officers right now. Uh, I think the president um, said it best himself on Monday when he said, we're going to provide solutions, not criticisms. We're going to, um, uh, we need some great people in our police departments. The overall goal is we want law and order. It's about justice also. It's about safety. I think I can come up with a very comprehensive plan. That's what he's working on. Uh, very important executive order today that addresses all of these ideas that the president gave us. Um, second, uh, another very important development in the uh, investigation of the investigators. Um, I am reporting on the Just the News website today that John Durham, the special prosecutor, is examining the so-called intelligence community assessment. That's the CIA, FBI, NSA product that in late December 2016, early January 2017 concluded that Russia did in fact meddle in our elections by buying Facebook ads and, and hacking some of the DNC emails. That's an, that is a conclusion that nearly everybody, Republican, Democrat, independent intelligence experts, agree was solid on the money. But the second conclusion of that ICA, of that assessment, was that Moscow specifically was trying to help Donald Trump win the election and Hillary Clinton lose the election. That's an assessment that not everybody agrees with. If you remember the old, the former NSA uh, director, Mike Rogers, said he didn't have a high degree of confidence in that. He only had medium confidence in it because it wasn't well sourced. We, you heard on this very program, John Solomon reports recently, uh, uh, Daniel Hoffman, the former Moscow CIA station chief, the top spy in Moscow for the CIA. He said he didn't agree with that, that the assessment got that wrong, and he explained why. So there's a lot of controversy about that particular part of the um, assessment. And what I look at is uh, we now have a recently declassified annex that made very clear that the CIA, NSA, FBI went out of the way to tell everybody that when they did this a community assessment, this uh, why Russia meddled, they did not rely on the Steele dossier. They called it unverified or limited corroboration, uh, politically sensitive, um, and wasn't worthy 
of being used to in conduct or be included in the analysis of the uh, final assessment of Russia's intentions in the uh, in why they interfered in the 2016 election. But I go on to report that this is something they're now looking at, which is, was the Steele dossier specifically ignored in the ICA? Because it would have revealed that Russia, Moscow, had known about Christopher Steele's dossier and his election project and the fact that he was helping the FBI and specifically fed him disinformation, damaging, uh, negative, derogatory information about Donald Trump, fed to Hillary Clinton's chief researcher, pushed on to the FBI. Because if they had looked at that and considered that, they may not have come to the conclusion that the intention of Russia was to help Donald Trump win the election and Hillary Clinton lose. Here's why. If you're spreading false derogatory information about President Trump to Hillary Clinton's opposition researcher, you're obviously trying to hurt his election chances, hoping it comes out, and therefore you can't agree with the assessment that Russia was trying to help the president. So the story really looks at and talks to several people about the possible missed opportunity, the mistake that the intelligence community assessment made, and not looking at the dossier, not because it was bogus, because it was bogus, but because it included Russian disinformation that clearly showed that Russia was trying to hurt Donald Trump as much as it was trying to help Hillary Clinton, just like Daniel Hoffman told us uh, when he was on our show a few weeks ago. That is a very important piece of information. And one of the things that I divulge in this story, talking to sources and officials, is that uh, as Barr and Durham look at this issue, there are some intelligence analysts who did not agree, did not support, did not feel comfortable with the John Brennan-led conclusion that the uh, Russians were specifically trying to help Donald Trump. The question now is, were their views, their dissent squashed? And did people lie about that dissent in, in subsequent congressional testimony? That's what's under investigation by John Durham. And we should all keep a very close eye on that because that's going to be a very, very big uh, issue coming this summer. And finally, a story that uh, has some relevance to the interview we're about to do with Congressman Jim Jordan. Uh, there is a program called the EB-5 visa program. It was created in 1990. And its design was to give certain visas to foreign investors, foreign capitalists who could come in and create new capital and stimulate capital investments and job creation in the United States with foreign money. A good intention, well-intentioned program. It was created by President George H.W. Bush. But as often happens in these programs, they're created with good intentions and then people don't go back and look at the record and what it did. And so Congressman Jim Jordan sent a letter uh, this week to the Comptroller General of the United States and asked him to investigate what has been going on in the EB-5 visa program. What caught his attention? What caused him to want to ask for this investigation? Well, we're going to ask him directly in a, a few seconds, but his letter makes clear or puts out there a very fascinating, and I, I didn't know this statistic, very fascinating statistic. Between 2012 and 2018, so during the Obama years and the beginning of the Trump years, 80% of the EB-5 visas that were granted by the United States government went to Chinese-born investors. So we have more than 180 or 190 countries in the world, and 80% of the investment visas went to the Chinese. And he, uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, who will talk about this in a few minutes, wants us to reevaluate this in, in light of the of the uh, coronavirus scare, in light of other 
egregious actions that China has been taking towards the United States and the South China Sea and other things. Congressman Jordan wants us to think about the national security implications of giving almost all, four-fifths of all of the EB-5 visas to uh, the Chinese instead of being more diversified and instead of thinking about the consequences of what is going on in the world today. That's an important part. We're going to talk to Congressman Jordan in a second. Finally, a thought about Joe Biden and the issue of race relations. My colleague Daniel Payne has a very important story because, as we know, the left has been uh, banging its pans and doing a, a very proactive job to raise questions of racial injustice uh, and to uh, talk about race relations in America. And uh, they're declaring that statues need to be removed and Confederate uh, uh, names of uh, military installations be changed. And the question is, does the man they've elected to be the nominee for president, Joe Biden, reflect those values, reflect the overwhelming sentiments of everybody from Nancy Pelosi all the way down through the Democratic ranks to AOC to the Antifa protesters in the street, uh, the Black Lives Matter protesters and the activists. And here is what my good friend, uh, my good colleague Daniel Payne did. He went back through Joe Biden's record of race on issues of confederacy, on issues of um, uh, race relations. And over 50 years, he found some pretty interesting things that conflict with uh, the current values of his party, of the liberal left, of the Black Lives Matters um, uh, activists. For instance, here's something that's very important. Biden was one of the senators in 1975 and again in 1977 to vote to posthumously restore the U.S. citizenship of the commander of the Confederate Army, General Robert E. Lee, and then the Confederacy's president, Jefferson Davis. So two figures whose statues um, liberals are tearing down and wanting removed from around America. Turns out Joe Biden gave those Confederate figures posthumous uh, citizenship in the United States uh, during a Senate vote in 1975 and 1977. So that's a very important uh, uh fact that's going to probably come back and boomerang around Joe Biden in the fall. In fact, if you want to get a preview of what sort of attack ads President Trump might use against Joe Biden, particularly targeting African-American voters, these are some of the facts that likely could show up in them. Let's take another one. Let's fast forward from 77 to 87. Joe Biden is still in the Senate, but this time he's running for the president for the first time. And when he's down in Alabama uh, courting uh, Deep South voters, during his presidential bid that year, he boasted that his state of Delaware was, quote, on the South side in the Civil War. That's probably not going to go over too well today. Uh, the remark served as an awkward acknowledgement that Delaware, while it didn't succeed with the South, it remained a slave state for the length of the war and uh, was supportive of the South's cause. Joe Biden, when pandering for votes, made a big point of that. I think that's another issue that could very well come around and be used in attack ads and come around to be questioned about his race relations record, as well as uh, depressing potentially African-American vote and liberal activist votes who feel very passionately about these issues, but have a standard bearer as a presidential candidate who doesn't have the same record of uh, enthusiasm for these causes. In fact, just the opposite, enthusiasm for Confederate causes. Uh, another important one is the 1994 crime bill that Joe Biden helped um, author and uh, shepherd through to law. President Clinton signed it. The Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act of 1994 provided 100,000 new cops on the street. 
several billion dollars to expand prisons to put more people in prison, uh, and then multiple new federal statutes that targeted gang activity and prostitution, creating mandatory sentences for certain crimes and, and expanding, in some cases, the number of crimes that death penalty could be applied. Uh, if you think about that and where his party is today, they wanted to fund the police, not add 100,000 new cops. They want more people released from prisons. They uh, want lesser sentences for various crimes that disproportionately uh, are committed and affect black uh, Americans. Their standard bearer gave them the opposite back in 1994. So if you get a chance, go on our site, go to justthenews.com, read this great story by Daniel uh, Payne. It gives us some really great uh, lines and, and, and rhetoric and voting record of Joe Biden that conflicts with the current values of his party and of its left liberal base. I'll give you just one more example. Back in 2012, when he was uh, campaigning, he was already uh, Barack Obama's vice president. And you remember recently he had the, the claim that you ain't black if you uh, vote for or support Donald Trump. That came around and hurt Joe Biden recently. Well, he had another one of those gaffes back in 2012, which a lot of people forgot about when he was trying to suggest why black voters should vote against Mitt Romney, who was running against uh, Barack Obama's reelection. He literally suggested that Mitt Romney would enslave black Americans. In fact, speaking to a crowd that contained lots of black supporters, he actually said, he'll put you all back in chains. That's Joe Biden's actual words. He'll put you all back in chains. Uh, he got criticized roundly for that one, just like he got criticized recently for saying you ain't black if you vote for um, Donald Trump. Uh, the Joe Biden of 2020 has a 50-year record that doesn't match the 2020 uh, uh, values and ideals and activism of his Democratic Party and the liberal base. And I think this is a struggle that's going to play out all through the election. So let's keep an eye on that. It could be a very important development. All right, folks, as promised, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, please be sure to stay with us because Congressman Jim Jordan's here. We're going to talk about everything from Antifa and autonomous zones to Russia collusion and investigating the investigators We'll be right back right after this commercial break. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, Congressman Jim Jordan, the ranking member on House Judiciary and one of the key voices who helped unravel the Russia uh, collusion narrative, uh, joins us. Congressman Jordan, welcome to the show. Good to be with you, John. Uh, it's great to have you on. So let me start. You have a very important letter that came out this week that identifies sort of a backdoor way that Chinese investors, people tied to the Communist Party, have been getting into the United States through the EB-5 visa. Describe a little bit about what, what concerns you have and what you're trying to do here. Well, 
I mean, we got lots of concerns with China, and obviously this this president has made that an uh, issue that's front and center in the administration. He campaigned on it, the whole trade policy, but also this, and I think it's 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 really relevant and pertinent in light of you know what we saw China do with with the coronavirus, uh, the fact that they didn't tell the world how serious this was, how bad this was when they knew. And more importantly, China's manipulation of, of the World Health Organization. And we know they lied to us. So uh, in that context, we asked GAO to take a look at this and find out, is there anything wrong going on here uh, with this with this whole investment program, which, as you know, is a pretty big program, frankly. Um, and along with uh, we had we had uh, Congressman Rischenthaler who signed on uh, the letter with us and, and uh, we sent that to GAO. So we'll look forward to seeing what what GAO brings back when they do their study. And did I read it right that 80 percent of the people who've gotten these EB-5 visas are, are from China? Oh, yeah, it's it's, it's hugely uh, skewed in, in, in the direction of, of China, that that program. So, uh, again, look, we just want to check it out. We think it's important. And again, I think context is always critical when you're evaluating, uh, you know, big issues. And, and, and the context is what happened this spring, uh, this winter and spring with the coronavirus. Oh, of course, for sure. Oh, absolutely. A lot, lot more folks are paying attention now to all the advances that China has made in our country. Um, you've, you've been very outspoken in the last few days about these autonomous zones where, where uh, rebellious uh, rioters are taking over parts of cities and just declaring that they now are in charge uh, describe, you know, first, what irks you about this? And then secondly, how, what's the right way to deal with this? How do we reclaim these properties that have been taken from the taxpayers in these cities? Think if you're a business owner in the, in the Chaz zone, as they've now called it, or I think, I think the name's even changed now, the chop zone of the Chaz zone, whatever it's called. Think if you're a business owner there who's been paying taxes to the city of Seattle for who knows how long, paying taxes to the state of Washington, and yet that mayor, Mayor Durkin, and, and, and the governor of Washington State, Jay, they refuse to do anything to deal with the situation. So this is as crazy as I've ever seen anything, you know, just crazy policy, and, and yet Democrats sit on their hands and let it happen. So, um, you know, I... You'd, you would laugh, John, if it wasn't so serious. But this is this is uh, you know this is serious stuff, and and uh, hopefully the president, you know, the president has said if this this if they don't do something at some point he may, and I think that's entirely appropriate. Uh, but let's hope this gets uh, this gets figured out soon. The uh, the culture that's going on here, it's sort of the defund the police, the uh, all of these sort of moves towards lawlessness and disorder. Uh, why that? Why take? Why is it taking root so quickly now? Has this been percolating for a long time? Is this an organized movement that just was waiting to strike? It's just the left. I mean, the left is crazy. Think how they started this Congress. They started this Congress off by saying we're going to uh, defund and abolish ICE, and they said no, no, no. We want to go. We want to defund and abolish the entire Department of Homeland Security. And now they're saying we want to defund and abolish the police. And it was, and it's, you know, it's Garcetti in Los Angeles saying defund the police. It's de Blasio in New York saying defund the police to the, to the tune of a billion dollars. So those are our two largest cities. And then you have a supermajority on the, on the Minneapolis City Council saying they actually want to abolish the, the entire department. This is, I've seen a lot of crazy policies from the left, but this might be the most insane policy I've ever seen. And, and it's, you know, I think most Americans across this great country uh, have have common sense and are, they're like, what in the world is the crazy left and the crazy Democrats 
what are they up to now? And they've never seen anything like this. And let's let's hope it ends, as I said earlier, let's hope it ends quickly. When you when you look out at this uh, and you come from right from middle America, Ohio, one of the most important bellwether states in America. Uh, how are these sort of actions playing with everyday voters, the independents and people just trying to make a living and, and going paycheck to paycheck? Uh, how how are these sort of events, this sort of uh, lunacy um, playing out among everyday Americans? Great, great question. Um, our, 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 we had our youngest son who was driving from Indiana across to Ohio, and um, he said he saw, you know, this, of course, was you know, flag, flag day uh, on, on, on Sunday. So lots of American flags. But he said he saw Trump flags everywhere. I think so many people are saying, look, we're we're tired of all this nonsense we see from the left. And we're 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 going to we're going to be there to vote for President Trump. I feel like in Ohio, President Trump, he won by eight and a half points in, in 16. I feel like in, in I feel like it's going to be just as strong, if not stronger in uh, in, in this election here in, in November. Um, Americans get the basics, John. I mean, you, you think about this tragedy in Minneapolis. The American people understand what happened to George Floyd is a tragedy. It never should have happened. It's it's as wrong as wrong could be. And George Floyd's families deserve uh, family deserves justice, swift justice for these killers who took his life. Americans also understand that peaceful protest is important. It's part of our First Amendment liberties. It's something that we've all engaged in. It's 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 important part of our process. But there is a big difference between peaceful protest and rioting, looting, and violence, and 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 killing innocent people like Pat Underwood, the, the officer who was killed during the riots in Oakland a few weeks ago, whose sister testified last week as well. So Americans get the tragedies that have happened and that there should be swift justice for those killers. Americans understand there's a difference between peaceful protests and the rioting that took place. Americans also understand the vast majority of police officers are great Americans who risk their lives every single shift they serve. And finally, the, the fourth key fundamental here, Americans know that defunding the police is one of the most ridiculous, crazy policies they have ever seen. Those four principles should guide what we do and the policy we form as we move forward. Well, you uh, you have found an ally in, in Congressman Jim Clyburn, who obviously is so influential in the African-American community. He also has said that defunding the police is no no place in America. So people, I think, with common sense are starting to come forward and, and speak out against some of these um, these policies. You wrote a letter last week asking uh, Attorney General Barr to give you a briefing. And one of the subjects you raised was, what do we know about Antifa? What are they actually doing? Where are they getting their money from? What are their goals? Why, why, how did they create this much, much you know, chaos in a short period of time? Have you gotten anything back? And what have you learned about Antifa's role in these, uh, these protests? Well, what we know is you know, the, the, the fact that the president of the United States, the attorney general of the United States, have designated Antifa as a terrorist organization. So what that means is that, that, that actually, I think, is, gives the State Department and frankly, the Treasury Department, some ability to begin to look more closely at this organization and frankly, how it is financed. That I think is important. And just the designation itself, the idea that this group is a terrorist organization, according to the President of the United States and the, the Attorney General of the United States, the Justice Department, that, that's important. So we're, we want to know what they've learned about this organization. We, ultimately, I think it's important to find out, uh, find out who is financing this organization. Uh, and, and that's, that was the motivation behind our, our uh, correspondence with, uh, with Attorney General Barr. And so far, you haven't gotten any data, but you, you expect that you at some point you will, correct? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we expect we will. Uh, that's great. Yeah, that'll be important to, to find out. 
as we as we looked out over the last few days uh, and you know we're celebrating uh, flag day yesterday uh, such an important day that in my family we always celebrate it here and and just before that we learned that the uh, US Soccer Association said it would no longer require uh, American soccer players to stand for the national anthem what what was your reaction to that and uh, where do you think this whole anthem kneeling thing goes in the fall i mean we we, we tweeted out john you know the United States soccer team won't be standing for the United States national anthem. I just, I think, again, I think most Americans are like, what? You play for U.S. soccer. You play for the United States soccer team, and you're not going to stand for the United States national anthem when it's played, when you're overseas uh, getting ready to have a competition with another country. That that makes absolutely no sense. Um I think most Americans understand it makes no sense. And most Americans understand that this is the greatest nation ever. Not perfect. No country is. But we're the best country ever. We've had some concerns over our our history. We've had some big problems that we had to work through, things that were wrong when we started. But America has worked through those um, and, 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 and addressed those big problems that we had. It's the best thing gone, and the sacrifices generations have made, and particularly those who wore the uniform of this country, um, I think they should be that should be respected and honored. I think the vast majority of this country thinks the same thing. Yeah, it's a remarkable thing. It's remarkable how long this debate has gone on, and how the sports leagues have all flip flopped in this in these last few uh, weeks since the uh, the George Floyd tragedy. So it's going to be an interesting dynamic. Um, turning to a subject that you played such a critical role in in exposing the Russia collusion delusion. Um, right now, there's been a lot of declassifications. We've learned so much that had been hidden from the American public. What is the most important thing that still needs to be made public? What are you looking for from Attorney General Barr or DNI Ratcliffe? Is there more documents that you believe need to be released to get us the final visibility we're going to get on this case? Well, uh, the thing I, I still stress is I think it's important. Um, in the investigation that the Attorney General has tasked U.S. Attorney John Durham to conduct, I think it's still important they look hard at Jim Comey because Jim Comey was the central player throughout this entire thing. He was the key player in the Clinton investigation. He's the FBI director during the Trump-Russia investigation. He's the guy who's going to go from the Obama administration and does go into the Trump administration. He's the guy who gets fired on May 10th. He's the guy who um, he's he's the guy who who leaks his memos to create the momentum to get Bob Mueller, who does his two-year investigation. Jim Comey's the key. And if you go back to January of 2017, during the transition period, from the Obama administration to the Trump administration, Jim Comey's the guy who tells Peter Strzok, go tell those agents who are getting ready to drop the case against Mike Flynn to not drop it. We're going to go after Mike Flynn. The very next day, January 5th, he's the guy who meets with President Obama in that meeting. They talk about Michael Flynn, and they talk about the, the, what, what Comey's going to do the following day when he goes to New York at Trump Tower and briefs President Trump on the dossier he already knows is false. He knows is paid for by the Clinton campaign and he knows is Russian disinformation. And yet he briefs the president-elect on it so they can leak it. And then just two weeks later, he's the guy. Jim Comey's the guy who sneaks two guys into the White House to set up General Flynn. So Jim Comey is the central figure. And I hope he's the one they continue to look at in this investigation. Uh, absolutely. Now, you had a chance to question him back in 2018. Do you think, as you look back now at the new evidence that's come out, that he gave you honest answers? You know, I, I don't know for sure. And I want to see what more comes out. And then we can go back and compare it to his his deposition. 
I do know in that deposition, he told us all the way up until the day he's fired, May 9th, May 10th, and that, that time frame, 2017, he told us all the way up until the day he's fired, he said, we still didn't know if we had anything. And yet you had been investigating it for 10 months and you didn't have anything on the Trump-Russia collusion narrative, the collusion delusion, as you called it. But in spite of all that, what does he do? He leaks memos to, to get a special counsel and continue the investigation, put our country through two more years of it. Yeah, that's a really important point. And also he knew he kept calling, I think even in that deposition, the dossier unverified, yet he signed FISA warrants claiming information from the dossier had been verified. So he really isn't he is in the middle of that. Yeah. His words, his words, not not your words, John, not my words, his words, salacious and unverified. And yet he keeps moving. He keeps moving forward with the investigation, even though there's nothing there. And he knew there was nothing there, especially with the dossier. It's um, an important document got declassified last week. And I I have a story out uh, today that says that uh, one of the things that John Durham is looking at specifically is whether John Brennan's testimony and whether the whole story about the ICA, the Intelligence Committee Assessment, really holds up when we find out uh, what was going on behind the scenes. The, uh, the, when they released the annex last week, the, uh, the uh, annex went out of its way to say, listen, we didn't trust the uh, dossier, and therefore we didn't use it in any way to make our analysis about Russia's intentions. But actually, that may have been a mistake when we look at it, because if they had just worked a little harder on at the Steele dossier, they would have learned that Russia was, in fact, infusing the dossier with misinformation and attacking Donald Trump and giving it to Hillary Clinton's campaign researcher. Do you think that the ICA missed the bar, missed the ball, missed the conclusion on uh, saying that Russia specifically was trying to help Trump and hurt uh, Hillary Clinton? Well, what I think they missed is what Horowitz pointed out, which was just, you know, how 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 the dossier was a joke. And, and frankly, they should have known it. What I think is, is a major problem is, is, is the, uh, when Horowitz is not only with his investigation of the Carter Page dossier, or the Carter Page, excuse me, FISA application, but also Mr. Horowitz is now beginning to look at the FISA process in a broader sense, John, and he's looked at 29 randomly selected cases, and in every single one, every single one, there's major problems. It was certainly with the Woods file, which is that file, as you know, and your listeners know, is, is that file that is kept, that has the basic, basic evidence and, and, and support for what they then take to the FISA court. And in, in four of those 29 cases, they couldn't even find a Woods file. There wasn't one. They didn't have it. So that is a big concern. And, and that is what Mr. Horowitz points out in, in both the uh, Carter Page FISA report he did and now the beginnings of his, his broader look at the FISA process uh, across the board. The uh, attorney general has been making pretty strong soundings that uh, they have found troubling evidence and that they're moving towards some form of accountability. As you look out over the next few weeks, because obviously if the Justice Department acts, it most likely will have to act before Labor Day to avoid influencing the election. What do you expect the Durham probe to ultimately end up uh, achieving, both in accountability and in transparency? It, no, g- a good question. I don't know. Uh, you know, Bill Barr did his interview um they gave that interview uh, a few days back, week back or so, and he and he was asked about who may be mentioned and who may be referenced in that uh, report or that that Mr. Durham is con- finishing, and he said you you would know the names. So um, I think we're just going to wait and see. I mean, they, they've been at it a long time. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, the Attorney General had said sometime this summer he expects it. 
well, we're, we're quickly approaching sometime this summer and we'll, we'll, we'll see when it, when it comes out. I just hope people are held accountable. I mean, you, you're, you're, the folks you talk to, the folks I talk to back in our district and across the country, uh, they're tired of this double standard. They're tired of one set of rules for us regular folk and a different set for, you know, the connected, the, 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 the Comeys, the Lynch, the uh, learners, the, the, the Clintons and, and, and the politically connected class. So we're supposed to be equal treatment under the law and the American people want to see that. And I'm hopeful that Mr. Durham is going to hold people accountable. Yeah, that'll be an important moment this summer. Uh, one last question, because uh, you have experienced this firsthand and sometimes your, your tweets catch my attention on this very subject, um, whether it's the Russia media collusion narrative or the uh, narrative about the uh, uh, COVID or, or the protests. There's a double standard that you often highlight in the news media. And you have one today that really caught my attention, which is that there's a tweet. Uh, NBC criticizes Trump for having a rally with lots of people and then praises a protest with lots of people um, uh, when it comes to George Floyd. Uh, is the is the news media in your mind fixable or, or have we passed the point of return and people are just going to pick winners and losers in the media going forward? It's probably more the latter, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, the mainstream press is just so biased, so, so one and the same with the Democrat Party. And it's there's no objective analysis. It's it's all um, it's just it's it's what the left wants. And you see it time and time again. And we, we I forget even who we retweeted there, but it was this idea that, you know, it's fine for the protests to happen and there's no risk of coronavirus there. But if, if President Trump holds a rally, for goodness sake, it's going to be uh, it's it, you can't do that. And we saw this even earlier when conservatives were rallying, take the rally in Michigan where they were rallying against the, the, the severe lockdown measures that, that Governor Whitmer. We saw there all oh, they were that, that was terrible. And people were they threatened arrest and everything else. But um, it's just always different for conservatives versus liberals with the mainstream press. So that's why you're so important what you put out there, because you get the truth. And that's what the American people deep down want to see. Well, thank you. Well, it's uh, it's it's a frustrating thing to watch my profession in action these days. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Congressman, I can't thank you enough. I know how busy you are. And I, I appreciate you spending so much time with us here today in John Solomon Reports. Keep up the great work, John. Good to talk to you, buddy. Take care. Thank you very much, Congressman. All right, folks, we'll be back after the commercial break. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, America, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Man, how fast the time flies when you're having a good time. Great interview with um, uh, Congressman Jim Jordan. So thankful he could join us. Covered a lot of ground about all the big pressing issues of the day. Uh, secondly, we had a chance to review some of the very important stories that are breaking on just the news about Russia collusion and, uh, Joe Biden's record on race relations and, uh, the EB five program, probably something, a visa program you haven't thought much about, but somehow over the last six or eight years, it's become skewed overwhelmingly to the benefit of communist China. 80% of those visas for investors are going to Chinese investors. 
um, a really important uh, fact that you didn't get anywhere else except from just the news. And uh, we'll be back on Thursday with other uh, big breaking news and some big guests. Uh, in the meantime, if you're looking for a last minute Father's Day gift, we've got some great ideas for you. I want to share some offers for, with you from some of our uh, supporters and some of our advertisers. First off, on the new Just the New Shop at JTN Shop, JTNShop.com. There's all sorts of gifts for dad. My favorite one, lobster and king crab. Uh, serve your dad a masterful dinner uh, with some lobster and king crab from our store. There's also a phone cleaner that I love, sterilizer I use for my own cell phone. Uh, there's a money clip. There's a Donald Trump mint coin. All sorts of last-minute great gifts. Just go to JTNShop.com. And every time you buy something from that store, you're supporting this podcast. You're also supporting our um, Just the News reporting, all the great work we do there and all the great reporters we have, people like Daniel Payne, Christine Dolan, Cheryl Atkinson, uh, Carrie Sheffield, I can go on and on, Nick Ballacy, all great reporters, David Brody. Uh, you support their work when you shop from the store. A couple other last-minute gifts. If you like steak and your dad likes steak and you want to reward him with a cookout this Father's Day, our good friends at Omaha Steak have a very big special um, there are special packages just for the news or just the news, uh, packages to get them and to get the special pricing and free shipping. All you do is you type just news, just space news in the search box. You'll come up with our special packages. There's a $79, $99 package I just sent to my dad. I love it. I'm also sending it to my brother for father's day. You should check it out. It's a great deal. I may buy one for myself and splurge on myself for father's day this year. And then finally, our friends at UFM Underwear. Some great folks, new advertisers and sponsors of this program and of Just the News. They've got a great pair of modern, unique, unlike anything in the marketplace underwear. Uh, I just wore them when I was up working at the cabin this week, and I don't know how many talk about underwear, but I got to tell you, these things are amazing. They've got a drawstring that allows you to adjust your support. They fit and are so comfortable, particularly when you're out sweating and working out. Um, they have a special uh, package for Just the News uh, fans. All you have to do is go to ufmmensunderwear.com. That's ufmmensunderwear.com. When you uh, get to the promo code, use Just News, no space, Just News without the space between it, and you'll get a uh, significant discount, 30% on your entire order. These are great underwear for yourself, for your dad, if you're a guy. Uh, I love these things. I, I never thought I'd speak in public about underwear, but these guys have made a very special product. And if you're looking for a last minute gift for dad or just something for yourself this holiday, uh, there's a great opportunity because UFM uh, men's underwear are supporting John Solomon reports and the uh, Just the News uh, entire operation. So you can reward them by buying a gift there. That's all I have, folks. We'll be back on Thursday with another edition of John Solomon Reports. Until then, be sure to check out justthenews.com when you need a breaking news fix. We've got lots of scoops, lots of breaking news, a lot of accountability reporting, holding those guys in Washington honest whenever we can. Until Thursday, have a good and safe time.